Welcome to Public Domain Video Theater, presented by the great detectives of old-time radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Today we're going to bring you an episode of Dragnet. Uh, the original air date is October the 14th, 1954, based on a radio play that aired November the 10th, 1949. This is Season 4, Episode 8, The Big Bar. Ladies and gentlemen, the story you are about to see is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent. This is the city. Los Angeles, California. I work here. I'm a cop. It was Tuesday, February 3rd. It was cold in Los Angeles. We were working the night watch out of homicide detail. My partner's Frank Smith. The boss is Captain Lorman. My name's Friday. It was 18 minutes past 2 a.m. when we got to number 15 San Jose Street, the Green Light Tavern. A killer was loose in the city. His weapon, a 38 caliber revolver. His objective, robbery and murder. <laughs> on the way, George? You can't use it. They're both dead. Wife and husband. You call the crime lab? They're on the way. Okay, we better take a look at that back room. Right. This is the way you found them, Crowley? Nothing's been touched. Safe was open when we got here. Cleaned out. Shot twice through the back, both of them. They both dead when you got here? The old man was. She wasn't. Did she say anything? She said the hold-up guy wanted all the money in the safe. The old man gave it to him, pleaded with him not to shoot. Yeah. While I was handing over the money, the old man dropped a $10 bill. He said he was sorry, stooped to pick it up. Guy shot him through the back. Mm -hmm. the woman said she turned to grab her husband. Guy shot her through the back. Did you get a description? She didn't last that long. Tough luck. What were their names? Mr. and Mrs. Enrique Cotero. They ran the place. Good people. They always are. wonder how much money the guy got. Not enough to pay the check. Sergeant Allen and the crew from the crime lab arrived and went to work. They dusted for fingerprints, took pictures of the back room, the safe, the victims. Every object that could have any possible tie-in with the crime was photographed. Captain Lorman was with him. Looks like that job over on the east side last month, Skipper. Same M.O. Kid with Ramsey. He the witness? Yeah, he worked for the Cateras, didn't he? Yeah, bar boy. Handyman, you know. Ramsey's getting no place with him. What's the matter? Spanish. Can't speak English. Well, how's your Spanish, Frank? Still high school Spanish. All right. Let's give it a try. Is he the only one here? When we got here, yeah. Trabaja aquí como bar boy, there, Dan? Si, señor. Three months. Mr. Cotero era muy bueno conmigo. ¿Cómo se llama? Juan Pedillo. Vivo al otro lado de la barra, en la casa de huéspedes. What's he saying, Frank? Well, his name's Juan Pedillo. He's been working here for about three months. He lives next door in the rooming house. Claims he got along fine with Mr. Cotero. Ask him to tell us how it happened. Everything. Juan, queremos saber exactamente cómo pasó esto. Díganos de todo lo que se acuerda, el tiempo, que tanta gente había 
¿Quiénes serán? Todos los detalles. Toma su tiempo. Sí. Eran como, como cinco minutos para las dos. Tiempo de cerrar. Mr. Cotera apenas había cerrado la puerta de enfrente. He says it happened around closing time, five minutes to two. Mr. Cotera had locked up the front door. Siga, Juan. Sí. Yo estaba detrás de la barra. Igualmente la señora Cotera. Estábamos limpiando los vasos y poniéndolos en su lugar. Solo estaba un marchante en la barra. Estaba sentado a la orilla de la barra. Allí. Juan was behind the bar with Mrs. Cotera. They were cleaning up the glasses and putting them away. There was only one customer left. He was sitting at the end of the bar. That's still back there. Yeah, go ahead, Frank. Siga, Juan. El, el marchante creo que se llama Pete. Estuvo aquí anoche y la noche anterior. Siempre se quedaba hasta que cerrábamos. He says the customer's name was Pete. Was in last night, the night before. Always stayed until closing time. Bueno, Juan, siga. La, la señora Cotera recogió el dinero de la, del registro y se fue al cuarto de atrás. La oficina está allí. El señor Cotera se sentó con el marchante y bebió con él. Este hombre, Pete. Un minuto. He says about two o'clock, Mrs. Cotera took the money from the cash register and went into the back room. La oficina. Yeah, the office. And Mr. Cotera sat down and had a drink with this guy, Pete. All right, what happened then? Luego, que pasó? Bueno, yo limpié los vasos. Y como unos cuantos minutos después de las dos, llevé una caja de botellas vacías a la bodega. Estuve allí, creo que, como cinco minutos. Cuando oí el ruido. Bang, bang. ¿Qué hizo entonces? Dejé caer las botellas y oí de nuevo. Bang, bang. Entonces, corrí a ver. Mr. and Mrs. Cotera estaban tendidos en el suelo. Había sangre. Este hombre, Pete, salía por la puerta de enfrente. What's he saying, Frank? He says a couple of minutes past two, he went back to the storeroom with a case of empty bottles. He was back there about five minutes when he heard gunshots. He ran out and saw Cotero and his wife on the floor. This guy, Pete, was going out the door. La puerta de enfrente. Yeah, the front door. Just a minute. Puede conocer a este hombre, Pete. Si lo ve de nuevo? Oh, sí, señor, sí lo conocería. He says he'd know Pete if he saw him again. Does he know anything about him? Where he lives, where he hangs out? Sabes dónde vive Pete, Juan? ¿Dónde come? ¿Dónde se mantiene? No, estuvo aquí hoy, anoche, y antenoche. Es todo lo que sé, señor. Pete was in here for the past three nights, that's all he knows. Ask him if he remembers what Pete was drinking, will you? Yeah. Juan, ¿se acuerda lo que este hombre Pete estaba tomando? ¿Lo que estaba bebiendo? Oh, oh sí, señor. Scotchy water. Plain water. To toda la noche lo mismo. Scotch and water. Drank the same thing all night. Same guy? Well, it ties in with that other job over on the east side. Wherever the guy works unconsciously, he seems to order the same thing to drink, doesn't he? Dispénseme. Dispénseme, señor oficial. Hay algo más que me acuerdo de él. Algo más que él hizo. Wait a minute. You remember something else. ¿Qué fue eso, Juan? ¿De qué más se acuerda? Cada noche, él tocaba la máquina de música. Allí. La tocaba mucho. Todo el tiempo pedía cambio. He says Pete played the jukebox a lot. Sí, señor. La misma melodía, toda la noche, de vuelta y de vuelta. ¿Cuál era esa, Juan? ¿Se acuerda? Sí, señor, me acuerdo. Venga acá, le enseñaré. What's he doing? He wants to show us the jukebox. He said Pete played the same tune all night. Aquí, señor oficial. Esta, la número 14. La tocaba toda la noche, de vuelta y de vuelta. Funny man. That's the one. Number 14. The tune might be another one of his habits. Let's play it. Go ahead, you got dime.
Well, here's the four bullets they fired in the back room of the Greenlight Tavern tonight. What happened to them? Must have had a heavy load. They penetrated the bodies and buried themselves in the wall and floor. Badly deformed. Yeah. It's going to take some work. Can't tell you much right now. What can you tell us, Russ? Well, I checked the bullets, examined the lands, markings. They got a left-hand twist. And they came from a Colt? Yeah, thirty-eight Colt Special. Same type gun killed that man last month. It's not enough to go to court with, is it? It's enough for us right now. Well, we should get a make on one of these four bullets... Take a little time. Yeah. Now, you see these two slugs? Yeah. Lands, grooves, striations, they're pretty badly mutilated. Mm-hmm. There's no chance for any fancy work there, but we still have a good bit left down here at the base of the bullet. With any kind of a break, you can match them. Oh, I hope so. Grab a weed, Joe. Yeah, I got it. Crime Lab, Friday. Yeah, Frank. Yeah. Right away. Smith? Yeah. Juan Padillo just identified the killer. Is Juan sure that's the right man? Dispense, Mr. Oficial. ¿Qué dijo usted? Él dijo, está usted segura que este es el hombre. Oh, sí, señor. Es él, estoy seguro. He's sure. Well, according to his R card, Albert J. Stacy, white male American, 5 foot 11, 170 pounds, brown hair, blue eyes. Here's a red flag on his index card, violation of parole. Got out of San Quentin 18 months ago. Burglar, auto theft, armed robbery. He's used a gun before. That makes him number one. By 4 a.m., an APB and a radiogram on Albert Stacy had been dispatched. The manhunt got underway. At 10 o'clock that morning, Sergeant Allen reported on his findings at the scene of the murder. No fingerprints, no additional physical evidence. We counted on getting the suspect's prints from the glass that he was drinking from at the bar. But either Mrs. Cotera or Juan had unknowingly given the killer his first big break. All the glasses had been washed, wiped, and neatly put away before the shooting. The prints had been destroyed in the process. Just after lunch, Russ Camp and Ballistics came up with an answer. The bullets which killed Mr. and Mrs. Cotera came from the same gun which killed the East Side bar owner a month before, a 38 Colt Special. Homicide, Lorman. Yes, Carly. Where? Good, thanks. I just picked up Stacy. They're bringing him in. 
6 p.m. Tuesday, February 3rd. Albert Stacy was booked at the main jail on suspicion of 187 PC, murder. On his person was found a 38 Colt Special. The gun was immediately taken to the crime lab for examination. Stacy was brought to the interrogation room. Frank and I questioned him for four hours. He denied any connection with the two robberies and the murders. At 10 o'clock that night, we set out for coffee and sandwiches. Stacy ate heartily. He was worried, but he didn't have the attitude of a trapped murderer. The questioning went on. Midnight came. Stacy hung on to his story. He refused to say where he was at the time of the killings. He had nothing to do with the robberies, nothing to do with the murders. At 4 a.m., Frank and I took time out for a smoke. He's bound to break. He's got to. Well, either he's a great actor or I'm tired. He doesn't strike me as a guilty man. Well, I'm with you, but what about his record and the mugshot the kid picked up? Seaman? Yeah. How's it going? Nothing. Ross Camp just called about Stacy's gun. Yeah. Maybe we found the right man, but we got the wrong gun. February 11. We were refused a complaint against Albert Stacy by the district attorney's office on the grounds that we were unable to present sufficient evidence against him. We then filed on Stacy for violation of the state penal code, chapter 339, statutes of 1923 as amended 1947, sub 2, an ex-convict with a gun. We put a hold on Stacy for his parole officer. He was to be returned to San Quentin. Frank and I started all over again from the beginning. A complete description of the suspect along with his method of operation was distributed to every tavern and cocktail lounge in the city. A special detail of men from the Metropolitan Division was assigned to stand a special watch between the hours of midnight and 3 a.m. During the month that followed, we set trap after trap for the killer. He failed to take the bait. Another month passed. We watched and we waited. 1 a.m. Saturday, April 4th. Frank and I were cruising the central area. Attention all units. All units. A 211 and shooting in the bar on the corner of Bellevue and Allison. A 211 and shooting in the bar on the corner of Bellevue and Allison. Suspect left the scene on foot. Suspect is wearing dark coat, light trousers. 1R5, take the call. Code 3. Let's go. 1K80, 1K80. 1K80, go ahead. On that call to Bellevue and Allison, we are in the vicinity. We will handle. 1K80, Roger. 1K80, any further description on the 211 suspect? 1K80. No further details. Suspect wearing dark coat, light trousers. Left the scene on foot. Okay. Let's roll it. Two minutes later, Frank and I got to the Windsor Buffet. The robbery victims were the owners, Mr. and Mrs. Ernest Leinberger. Mrs. Leinberger did all the talking. 1.25 a.m. Frank and I continued questioning Mr. and Mrs. Leinberger. Their description of the suspect, his M.O., and all of his actions matched those of the man who had shot down Mr. and Mrs. Katerra two months before and the East Side bar owner a month before that. The Leinbergers told us that the suspect drank only scotch and plain water and that he played the jukebox incessantly. The same tune, Funny Man. That's right, Funny Man. That's what he played. I got a good look at his wrist, too, his right wrist. What about it? He's got a picture tattooed on the underside. What kind of a picture? It's like a cat, a black cat. Do you by any chance have the glass that he was drinking out of? Yeah, it's over by the door. Smash the bets. Sure, I threw it at him when he ran out the door. 2.12 a.m. Frank and I drove Mr. and Mrs. Leinberger to the office where we took their statements and filled out a crime report. 
After that, we went down the hall to R&I and had one of the officers on duty check through the oddity file for us. That's it, Joe. Only guy in the file with a tattoo of a cat on his wrist. Yeah. He's got a different tattoo on his left wrist. He's only got one name. Wesley R. Guthridge. We pulled his mug shot. It was almost a dead ringer for Stacy. We compared descriptions. They matched almost perfectly. A radiogram was sent out on him and communications broadcast a want for murder. Captain Lorman, Frank, and I checked our informants and all our available sources of information for the whereabouts of Wesley Guthridge. There was no trace of him. Two days passed. We continued cruising the Central and Hollenbeck Park area. Unit 1A5, out for 7, KMA 367. Direction 7R6, that's 2421 Beverly Boulevard. A prowler now, KMA 367. Attention all units, attention all units. At 5th and Winston, the bar, a 211 and shooting, code 3. Suspect left the scene on foot. Suspect was headed west on 5th Street. Attention all units, all units, at 5th and Winston. The name of the place was Doris and Jim's. Inside, we found a man lying on the floor, face down. He was dead. There were three bullet wounds in his back. Jim gave him the money. Every penny of it. He asked him for it. Jim gave it to him. He didn't have to shoot him. He didn't have to kill him. We gave him the money. Shut that thing off, will you? a.m. Tuesday, April 7th. Frank and I sat in on a meeting with Captain Warman. Plans for a citywide dragnet operation to apprehend the killer were discussed and formulated. By 7 a.m., an overall plan was set in motion. Every available man was ordered up for special duty in the Central Area, the Newton Street Division, the University Division, and the Hollenbeck and Highland Park areas. Additional men from the Metropolitan Division, plus an extra complement of 45 radio and detective cars were assigned to the manhunt. The search for Guttridge went on all that day, all that night into the following morning. No sign of him. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Still no sign of him. The 24-hour watch continued. Five days, ten days, two weeks. Tuesday, April 28th. It was the end of the third week. Our relief showed up a few minutes before midnight. Before we went home, Frank and I stopped by the office to check with Captain Lorman. They told us in homicide that he was down the hall in communications. All units. What's doing, Skipper? Just a minute. All units. 211 and a shooting. In the bar at 1231 North Fremont. 1231 North Fremont. 1K61, handle a call, code 3. 1K61, Roger. 1K61, that's Ramsey and Crowley, isn't it? All units. 211 suspect has been identified by victim as Wesley Guttridge, murder suspect. The 1200 block of North Fremont's in the stakeout area, isn't it? Right on the edge of it, I think. Yeah, here it is. Right here. Cutridge is going to have a rough time. The neighborhood here should be pretty well covered. All units on the 211 and shooting at 1231 North Fremont. Suspect left seen in a light tan 1950 Ford sedan. License 7 Tom 7972. 7 Tom 79. 7-2. Suspect headed south on Fremont. 
Suspect headed south on Fremont. 1K61. 1K61. We have spotted 211 suspect, tan Ford sedan, license 7 Tom 7972. Suspect is traveling at high rate of speed, west on 3rd. Now crossing Lucas. We're in pursuit. 1K61, Roger. All units on all frequencies, stand by. 1K61 is in pursuit of 211 murder suspect. Suspect is heading west on 3rd Street. Now crossing Lucas Avenue. 1K61, pursuing suspect west on 3rd Street. Now crossing Union Avenue. Push it, Jim. Don't lose it. 1K61, Roger. All units. Suspect headed west on 3rd Street, crossing Union Avenue. Units 1R13, 1A17, 1R19. Block the intersection at Westlake and 3rd Street. 1R13, Roger. 1A17, Roger. 1R19, Roger. Units 1R11 and 1A12. Block the intersection at 3rd Street and Alvarado. 1R11, Roger. They're closing in on him. 1K61, 1K61. Suspect now headed north on Burlington, crossing Miramar. North on Burlington, crossing Miramar. Watch that truck, Jim. 1K61, Roger. All units. Suspect now headed north on Burlington, crossing Miramar. North on Burlington, crossing Miramar. Maybe they got him blocked. 1K61. 1K61, go ahead. Still pursuing suspect north on Burlington, now crossing 2nd Street. Looks like a dead end. I think we got him blocked. He's turning around. Watch it, Jim. Here he comes. Look out. There goes our windshield. See all right, Jim? 1K61, 1K61. Maybe you heard it. He got by us. Suspect now headed east on Beverly Boulevard, crossing Belmont. Are you receiving us? 1K61, we are receiving you. All units. Suspect now headed east on Beverly Boulevard, now crossing Belmont. 1K61 is in pursuit. 1K61. Suspect just turned off Beverly onto Figueroa, heading north on Figueroa, crossing Temple. Just a minute, hold it. Just turned on Alpine. Hold it. Turned again. Suspect now headed north on Alameda, headed for the Southern Pacific train yards. Now crossing North Broadway, going into the yards. Don't lose it, Jim. All units. All units. Converge on Southern Pacific train yards. All units. Converge on Southern Pacific train yards. From North Main to the river. From Alhambra Avenue to Macy Street. Suspect is in the yards. Suspect is in the yards. Not making it easy. He's got nothing to lose. 1K61, 1K61. 1K61, come in. Sounds like nobody was hurt. They didn't ask for an ambulance. Big night. Lucky one. Well, I'm going home. See you fellas in the morning. Good night, Skipper. Good night. Good night. Good night.
AMA 367. Time check, 12.30 a.m. How about that? What's the matter? It's wristwatch of mine. Jeweler worked the whole thing over. Gave it a complete overhaul. Look at that, Joe. Five minutes slow. Wait till I talk to that jeweler. Well, how long ago did he work on it? Well, just four or five years ago. Why? Good night, Frank. Yeah. What time you got, Lieutenant? August 28th, trial was held in Department 82, Superior Court of the State of California, in and for the County of Los Angeles. In a moment, the results of that trial. The suspect was tried and convicted of murder in the first degree. Welcome back. The most distinctive thing about this particular episode is the scene in the communications room at the end. It's a very unusual scene and one that has been criticized by many over the years. This is a scene that probably worked better over radio, though I think they do the best job they can with this because it does take us into the police communications room, and they try to add some drama to those final scenes with the music and with the officer's uh, facial expressions. Us, Frank Smith, uh, drawing on the map to give us some visual to go by. Beyond this, this scene does tie into the realism of Dragnet. Most police shows have the officer working hard to catch the crook and getting their man. With Dragnet, that's not always the case. 
Sometimes you spend days or weeks on a case, you get back from a totally fruitless time driving around all day, and get to stand around after work and hear somebody else catch the crook that you've been working so hard to get. So while it might not be the most riveting scene for television, it definitely does fit into the entire realistic approach that Dragnet brought to police procedurals. Well, that will do it for today. Join us back here next time for another episode of Public Domain Video Theater. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. And if you like these videos, you can become one of our patrons at patreon.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.